This podcast is brought to you by Friendly City Books, Columbus, Mississippi's independent bookstore. Learn more at FriendlyCityBooks.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Friendly City Books podcast. I am your host, Caroline, and with me today is chef and cookbook author extraordinaire, Vish Weshbot. Hi, Vish. Hey, thanks for that lovely introduction. Vish is a native of Ahmedabad, Gujarat, India, and has made his home in Oxford, Mississippi for more than 20 years. He has been a part of Chef John Currence's City Grocery Restaurant Group since 1997, where he started as a prep cook at City Grocery. Now, as the executive chef of Snack Bar, he has fed the hungry people of Oxford, Mississippi, and beyond since 2009. He was nominated for People's Best New Chef by Food and & Wine and won the 2019 James Beard Award for Best Chef in the South and the 2019 Southern Living Southerner of the Year Award. His cookbook, I Am From Here, Stories and Recipes from a Southern Chef, is the winner of the 2023 James Beard U.S. Foodways Cookbook Award and is one of our all-time favorite books at Friendly City Books. Fish, thank you so much for welcoming us into your home and for sitting down with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So I've told you this before, but I am a newcomer to Mississippi, and you are easily one of the most interesting and just downright coolest Mississippians I have met since moving here. And so I was wondering, just hard question first, sure. what does it mean to you to be a Mississippian? Uh, before I, I answer that, I think you need to meet more people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so uh, but I mean, you know, what does it mean to be a Mississippian? It, it, it uh, I mean, it, it's a, it's an interesting question, right? I mean, it's, what does it mean to be a Southerner? And it's, it's, you know, uh, a lot of people will claim or, or, or say that you can only, you know, belong somewhere if you're born there. And uh, I, I don't subscribe to that notion. I think you belong to where you put your roots down, where, you know, um, where you work, where you, uh, Make your home. Uh, so that's that's the that's the beginning. I mean, Oxford. Uh, when I, as soon as I got here, was a town that welcomed me with open arms, and uh, it immediately felt like uh, I had I was where I wanted to be. Uh, and so, thirty years later, I still feel that way. Um, being a Mississippian uh, of you know who who immigrated here, it's a, it's a little difficult because Mississippi has a has a history, as we all know, that is a difficult one. And so how do you deal with it and how do you talk about it? Um, and I don't know. We haven't figured that out yet, right? I mean, we're still grappling with our, our past and, um, you know, what it really means uh, for folks. I mean, because we, you know, clearly in this state uh, still have issues where, you know, in, in, in 2023 where uh, many citizens are not recognized as, as you know, full-fledged Mississippians. You know, we... we try and when i say be i mean you know um the powers that be if you will try to you know keep people from expressing themselves and you know whether it's uh you know how they live how they eat how they love or you know even something really basic as as the right to vote is is um is a challenge for for many folks in in this state and so um for somebody who is relatively new to mississippi and who has uh you know, made this a home and been welcomed. It's a, it's it's a difficult, uh, difficult to watch that because 
many people who, you know, for generations who have been born and raised here have not been treated as well as I have been treated. So it's it's not a question that I can really answer. You know, it's 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 a it's a great feeling to belong to a state that has so much talent and so much beauty, uh, but it's also very difficult to to you know belong to a state where uh, we're progressing very very slowly, and you know when we know that we can do much better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's interesting too that you you still kind of say that you are still a bit of a newcomer, even though you've been here for decades. I feel like that is such a Mississippi thing to to have to be like, oh, well, you know, for as long as I'm here, I still have to kind of get into that mindset and understand and unpack so much Mm -hmm. to truly claim this place. And and I do. I mean, you know, it's it is. But also, you know, it it takes a while for the for the place to claim you. you Mm -hmm. And and it's it's beginning to happen. but it's it's a long process. I mean, it's not you know, and it's especially when you know when when you have a history you know as long and rich as as Mississippi does. It's you know becoming a part of it is, uh, and and fully grasping what it means. Um, it's it's a it's a journey, and uh, you know I it it you know I'm learning, and, and folks around me are learning. Uh, you know, I learn how to how to understand it and, and cope with it, and they understand and and learn how to cope with me. Mm-hmm. Oxford, too, is just such a fascinating and exciting place, especially coming up here. I'm always just so thrilled to be here. I feel like Oxford especially has such a like vibrant and exciting food scene of which you are a huge part of. And I was just wondering, what is it about Oxford that fosters such a unique space for chefs and restaurateurs to thrive? Uh, I think a couple of things. One, uh, you know, of course, is, is the university, right? I mean, that uh, brought in a, a group of folks um, from across the country and 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 across the world, who um, are in a small town but have a, other you know a big big town or, or or experiences that are beyond Mississippi and beyond Oxford, and so they they come here and and they have some expectations and they want uh, uh, want things. So they, they're, there's a demand. Uh, the second thing uh, I I think is uh, and and I've I've said this before, and you know I, I don't not trying to be contrite or anything of, of, of that sort, but uh, John Kearns deciding to move here and open the restaurant in Oxford, you know, changed uh, how Oxford eats. Uh, so so City Grocery was, you know, the the first place where uh, folks got a got a notion of, of what truly, you know, world-class food can, can be like uh, in, a, in a small town like Oxford. And so that those two things going hand in hand and of course you know and that was that was 30 years ago but i mean since then lots of other folks have, have followed and and uh done their own thing and also uh, folks understanding that there is you know the that there is pride in in and you should be proud of your food and your cultural heritage and that it's okay um you know to serve catfish or it's okay that you know something as simple as grits uh can can make it to white tablecloth restaurants and you know and we have things to offer in this state that uh, we may not have thought of uh, as acceptable before. Mm-hmm. Are there any chefs, maybe in Oxford or in Mississippi or the South, that you see or culinary trends happening right now that are really exciting or inspirational for you? Sure. I mean, you know, so, I mean, of course, you know, uh, John Currents, I mean, because he's been a friend and a mentor and, and, and my boss for a very long time and, and now a partner. Um, 
so you know clearly but also a couple of folks you know uh the folks at LV's and Jackson, I think, are doing amazing work uh, and, and really exciting to watch them. Uh, the folks at Vestige uh, down in Ocean Springs, again, you know, uh, fantastic, amazing food. Uh, you know, Ty and, and, uh, and Starkville doing some fun stuff. You know, I mean, you, you've got people across the state, now young chefs, um, who, are, who are coming back to Mississippi, right? I mean, there was a time when people just left. They went to New Orleans. They went to Chicago. They went wherever nashville uh and stayed but now mm-hmm. they're coming back um bringing what they have learned and also uh realizing that food of the south and and the food uh of this region is is very special uh and it it is not uh uniform and so they're they're showing off their talent so that's a, that's a great uh you know Wonderful thing to see as as somebody who's been doing this for a long time and, you know, being an old grumpy guy to see the young guys doing, <laughs> you know, doing fun stuff. And, you know, and, I mean, and the good thing is they keep me uh, excited and, and, you know, continuously learning from them. Uh, but as far as the greater, you know, the greater region goes, I mean, there are so many, so many fantastic chefs and you know, just the food in, in, in the south and the southeast is uh, uh, I mean, without a doubt, the best food uh, in the country and, and some of the best food in the world happening right now. So, you know, from, you know, places, you know, of course, you got, you know, Chidi Kumar in, in Raleigh or, or Ashley Christensen in Raleigh. And, uh, I mean, Atlanta has Ming Su and, I mean, all kinds of fun stuff happening. New Orleans is, of course, always a hotbed of lots of great, great, great food. Um, I mean, it's, uh, you know, but as far as, I mean... People I look up to, uh, most of them happen, you know, be a little bit older because I'm I'm a little bit older, mm-hmm. uh, right? So I mean, some of them have retired. I mean, I, I think uh, Ben Barker, uh, who had Magnolia Grill in Durham, North Carolina, probably uh, somebody I look up to a lot. And the food they did was, you know, I I wish I could cook half as well as as uh, he and Karen did. You know, Frank and Partisit in Birmingham, who changed how, you know. I mean, they're sort of the the torchbearers and, and the trailblazers of, of how the, this restaurant movement in the South uh, has has gone. Uh, you know, Mike Lotta in, in New Orleans um, doing really fun stuff. I mean, you know, just you know, Ana Castro. I mean, they're they're you know Nina Compton in New Orleans. Uh, let's see. I mean, Kelly English in Memphis. Ah, I mean, you know, uh, Chris Shepard when he was cooking in Houston, doing just amazing stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's, and there, I mean, there and there are so many, you know, and then it's, you know, looking outside of of the South a little bit, uh, you know, a Virtue in Chicago. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the list is is very very long. You know? <laughs> yeah. Tell me a little bit about the making of I Am From Here. What was the inspiration or the catalyst behind its inception? Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I've been asked this before, uh, <laughs> and I might, I might have given a, a different answer every time because I think of something, something new every time somebody asks me that. But I mean, I clearly, it's, it's a, it's a very personal story, right? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a book about me growing up as, uh, you know, as an American, as a chef, um, learning, learning how, how to do both at the same time, um, 
but I think it was you know the the impetus was I I had done this long enough and had had enough of a, a repertoire of recipes where I felt comfortable like okay I have something I can actually share and and uh, and and uh, talk about and then the second part was uh, we were we were living and we are living in a climate where uh, things had changed drastically um, as far as you know our, our society and, and and our politics and there was a lot of uh, a schism between us and them, and a lot of that was going on. And and um, as an immigrant, I felt that that it was necessary for me to to speak up and tell my story. And the only way I know how to tell stories is through my food and so and and my experiences. And so that's how it kind of got started. Mm-hmm. In many ways, I am from here feels like a love letter to your parents and the culinary traditions of your family. Was the way that you honored them in the book intentional, or was that something that just came naturally during its creation? I think it was very organic. I mean, because, I, you know, and I, I was very fortunate to grow up with parents who uh, were very open-minded, uh, very loving, very caring, and, and they both really appreciated food. And it's what we want. We didn't always eat fancy food, but the respect for ingredients, uh, whatever they, they might be, and respect for people who grew them. Uh, you know, I learned that at a very, very early age uh, from them. And so, you know, as we talk about this new farm to table movement and all this stuff and, you know, start talking about farmer's market and, you know, I was living that when I was five years old. Um, so, you know, that's five decades ago uh, before people were really talking about it here. Uh, and so it's, you know, it, it is something, if I hadn't learned that from them, uh, I would have never you know, had a chance to for this to become my my career, and and uh, you know, I I struggled. I mean, I, I came, I fell into cooking. I didn't. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to do something else. I wanted to be a bureaucrat. I went to school to be a bureaucrat, and realized that that was not something that would make me happy. And I was in my mid twenties when that happened, and I had you know basically in it, a you know, a personal crisis, almost a breakdown. It's like, oh crap! I've I've done all this. I went to college, and I you know. I don't want to do this. What do I do? And I didn't know anything. I didn't have any other skills. Uh, and restaurants took me in, and I fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, thanks to how I had grown up and thanks to my mom and, and, and aunts and the family I grew up in, I did have, without without knowing it, I had some skills. Uh, I could taste things. I could, you know, understand how to cook things. I didn't know how to cook very well, but at least I, I had some basic knowledge and that helped me get along uh, until I got better and, and then fell in love with it and I still do it. But yeah, without without that little spark that you know had been lit so many years ago, I wouldn't be where I am. So mm-hmm. Going back a bit to some of the things you were saying earlier, uh, one of my favorite things that you say, and I am from here, is ingredients can bridge divides of geography and culture. Do you feel like that quote is representational of your work in Oxford or maybe of a greater ethos in life? It's both, right? I mean, uh, clearly, you know, I mean, food is not stationary. It has never been, right? I mean, ingredients that we think of as, as quintessential Southern ingredients, many of them came from somewhere else, right? Uh and some of them came with very tragic stories, mm-hmm. and yet something really beautiful has come out of them. Uh, and it's the same worldwide. I mean, you know, we think of, you know, whether you think of Italian food, 
uh, and tomatoes, which, you know, didn't get to Italy and, and, and that, you know, civilization that's so old uh, until the 1600s or 1700s. You think about that. And it's like, how, you know, and, and we might, you know, think about okra coming here and okra moving to India or, or chilies moving from uh, the Americas to uh, to the east. And you think of, you know, Thai food without chilies and like, oh, yeah, but it, they didn't get there until very recently. And so you you understand that there are a lot of connections. And if, if we would just treat people like we treat the ingredients and allow them to uh, sort of become a part of, of, of what we do, of, of our, you know, of our, uh, how shall I say it, um, of our everyday life, like as easily as we have done with, with the ingredients, uh, then this place, you know, the world would be a much better place. And then, you know, it, it would be a great place to start a conversation. Yeah. Another thing that really stood out to me about I Am From Here is how you're able to elevate traditional Southern cuisine by marrying it with Indian flavors while still really achieving this level of accessibility um, and approachability that we don't often see in cookbooks. What recipe in I Am From Here are you most proud of? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can pick one. You know, that, that's a very difficult question. Uh, I mean, I, it, it depends on, you know, and again, I mean, as, as, as we record this, we're in, you know, uh, it's summer in Mississippi. So <laughs> I, I would say, you know, tomatoes and okra right now, any of those recipes uh, would, would be great. Of course, uh, you know, you can't go wrong with, uh, you know, grilling some chicken either. But I mean, I, I don't I don't know if there's one recipe that I would pick. I, I think it, it should come naturally, you know, just pick whatever you want to cook and then you know, do the best with it. Uh, but as far as, you know, mingling of, of as, as you know, that, that you of, of recipes and, and of, of ideas and of uh, flavors, um, that came to me very organically. I mean, it's, it's because I had grown up eating things that taste a certain way. Uh, and then thought, well, you know, uh, field peas are very similar to peas I grew up eating. So, you know, what happens if I put the seasonings that um, I grew up with in, in this recipe? Uh, and fortunately for me, it worked. I mean, it, it, you know, there were times when things didn't work. I've tried recipes, you know, uh, that didn't work. But uh, again, I don't even, you know, uh, I, mean, I don't know how it, you know, it's not, it's not something that I do on purpose or, or consci- uh, you know, or consciously. It just, it's just something that uh, I, I cook what I like to eat and I cook uh, things and, and season them the way I like to taste them uh, and then sort of subject everybody else to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really loved how I Am From Here is so, it's not only is it so vegetable focused, mm-hmm. which is just amazing unto itself to have really kind of these hearty vegetable options in the in the South and right. kind of celebrate that rather than, you know, this kind of meat forward idea that I feel like we see so often. Sure. Um, but also, I just, I love how responsive it is to the seasons and how it, it really allows you to highlight what is fresh now. And I know, I know you were saying okra and tomatoes right now are mm-hmm. key, but I can't even fathom turning on my like stove when it's this hot outside. And so I was wondering, do you have anything that like when it is literally too hot to function, what is it that you want to eat? I mean, you know, tomato sandwich, white <laughs> bread, Duke's mayonnaise, you know, a little salt pepper. I mean, it's, you know, what how how good is that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or 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 a nice, you know, 
Right now, it's the season for, for melons. I mean, that's, you know, cut up a watermelon, uh, sprinkle a little bit of salt and black pepper on it. I mean, they'll, they'll change your world, you know. just You don't have to necessarily cook. I mean, the good thing about, you know, living here and living in, in this day and age is you can get people to cook for you. Yeah, very true. And I mean, I do, I, I am obviously talking so much about vegetables, but I have to say that the the meat forward recipes in I Am From Here are so good as well. Uh, I had a friend who, I, I am a terrible cook, so I wouldn't even nobody's know where a, to begin. Nobody's a uh, terrible cook. <laughs> I don't, you have not seen me in the kitchen. Um, but our, one of Friendly City Books' good friends, Aislinn, uh, cooked one of your lamb recipes from I Am From Here for all of us one night. And it was just such a divine experience to be able to sit down and enjoy such a wonderful meal in such a communal way. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very special. Yeah. And I feel like her pulling that inspiration from your book is a real credit to how special that evening was. Uh, well, I mean, I, th- I think credit should go to her because she cooked it. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, uh, but the thing is, I mean, and, and the other thing that, you know, I, I wanted to do with this book uh, and, and in, in general, I cook because um, I, I love to entertain. I, I like, I mean, my, my happiest times are when, when there are people around a table and we're sharing a meal. So, uh, I didn't want to write a restaurant cookbook. I mean, there, there are so many of those. Uh, I mean, you can look at my shelves and see there are so many of them, and and they're so good. And, and lots of those folks are friends of mine, or you know, are folks that I know a little bit. Uh, but I wanted to cook. I mean, I wanted to write a book where it was about cooking for friends and family. Um, and I think it's, you know, it it, it has come across nicely. I'm, I'm, I was very happy when. Uh, you know, when when the final product came out, it's like okay, yes, I think I, I, this is something I'm, I I could be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. One of my, my one of my other favorite customers at Friendly City Books has hundreds of cookbooks, including yours. Uh, he's very proud to be a cookbook collector, uh, and I'm always searching for new and exciting cookbooks for him that celebrate culture through cuisine and whose recipes and stories and photography really feel almost like a window into the world. Mm -hmm. What is a cookbook that you recommend for the cookbook connoisseur who has everything? Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) That's, you know, that, that's again, that's a very, very, very difficult. uh, mm. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, that's okay. Uh, So, I mean, and I'm just looking at, uh, uh, there's, there's books on my shelf as, as I'm talking to you. Uh, hmm. And I, I mean, it's, again, you're saying, you know, there are cookbooks for somebody who has everything. So one, one book I would definitely recommend, and if you, you may already have it, uh, is One Spice, Two, two Spice by, uh, you know, uh, Chef Floyd Cardoz, who unfortunately passed away uh, because of COVID early, uh, about three years ago. Um, so One Spice, Two Spice would be definitely one. Um Israeli Soul, uh, Michael Salmanoff's book is really, really good. Uh, man, um, anything by, by uh, Jessica Harris, uh, and, and not all of them are cookbooks, but many of them have recipes because it's, it's a great way to learn about the food of, of America and food of uh, the South uh, by learning about you know, how a lot of those things got here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Joy of Cooking is, of course, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the book that taught me how to cook because I would go to it over and over and over again. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, the old classic, La Rue's Gastronomique for French food, I mean, or, you know, Julia Charles's book. But again, I mean, everybody has that. So it's not, uh, 
uh, you know, the oh, the the original Pac-Pac cookbook is, is a lot of fun as well yeah. uh, by Andy Ricker. Um, oh, man. Uh, Leah Chase, uh, you know, the Dookie Chase cookbook is, is great. If they can get their hands on the old times, pick you New Orleans cookbook. That's a that's a fun one. Uh, and again, a window into you know the culture of the city. You know, so I mean, that, I I like I like books that are you know besides just really great recipes, also have a narrative that that makes you know makes you understand why it is um, that food is what it is. So yeah, so many times I feel like my favorite cookbooks are ones where it's not. I mean, obviously, as I've said, what am I even doing with the recipes? I I am looking at them and just loving the photography and the story and mm-hmm. the space that it comes from. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just I hope that if I leave it on the counter, my husband will cook a recipe out of there for me sure. or something. But, you know, I just I feel like cookbooks are such an underrated space in the bookstore because they are so beautiful and mm-hmm. there's so much heart and culture that goes into them that you can Absolutely. learn so much from. Yeah, I I, I agree. And, you know. Uh, well, that, just what you're telling me is it's time to reorganize how we look at bookstores, you know, just yeah. bring, bring the cookbooks forward. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We have so many fun things happening at Friendly City Books. Make sure you never miss an event or sale by signing up for our email newsletter at FriendlyCityBooks.com. So do you have any kind of sacred kitchen rituals that you always follow? <laughs> No, no. I, I, don't. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, this is this is going to sound very terrible, but I, uh, I, a lot of times when I'm cooking at home, uh, I, I will, I will start off thinking I'm cooking one thing, and it'll end up being something else because I forgot what I started doing, <laughs> <laughs> or or just you know, kind of sort of take a you know. U-turn or a left turn or however you want to put it. So, um, now I mean, I think the only only ritual I I have or 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 I try to have is try not to make a a really big mess because then you know uh, then Teresa gets really upset. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I think it's. I mean, it, it is all. I mean, to me, it's just have fun and you know do the best you can with what's in front of you and. Uh, you know, as long as I like it, then I don't really care if anybody else likes it or not. And, uh, most people are too polite to tell me when they don't like it. So, I've, you know, I've, I've skated by for a while. Yeah. What about, I mean, are there any like prep work things that you like love or hate? No, I, I don't. I don't hate any of it. Uh, but I mean, again, I mean, I'm not in love with it either. Right? <laughs> so it's it, it is. But it's essentially I mean, it's it's essential. It is. It's something you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's like getting gas for your car, you know, or plug it in, whatever nowadays, you know. You've got to do that if you want to go from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you may not like waiting for it, your you know Tesla to charge for 45 minutes, or you may not like going to the gas station, but you have to do it. And so that's, you know, it just becomes part of, you know, just that is, for if you want to cook, you have to prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, and you just do the best with it that you can and, and enjoy that, enjoy that time, mm-hmm. you know, put on some really, you know, put on music you enjoy and, you know, maybe get somebody else involved to help you with it. So it becomes more of a interaction than you just standing there by yourself doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also look at the rewards that are going to come with it because if you're cooking for, for a dinner party, you know, you just like how much fun it's going to be when it's done, you know, that, that's the, that's the part that you kind of 
you know, makes you get through the uh, sort of the humdrum ho-hum uh, of, you know, oh, man, I got to chop more tomatoes. You know what, I'm <laughs> what do you like to listen to in the kitchen while you're cooking? Oh, it, it varies. I mean, you know, I listen to rock and roll. I listen to some, you know, uh, old country. I listen to blues sometimes. Uh, uh, reggae. Uh, sometimes I listen to some, some Bollywood songs, but not very often. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it you know, it, it depends. Uh, I mean, any, anything, I mean, sometimes it's classical music. And again, I'm, I'm not... I don't know a lot about music. I just know what I like, just just the way I eat, and just you know, I know what I like, and that's what I play. And sometimes people like what I'm playing, and sometimes they don't, and they'll change it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we were talking about how Snack Bar has been closed for renovations, but mm. it just reopened. Yes. Is there anything exciting on the future for Snack Bar? Anything that we can look forward to? Oh man, I have for the first time in 15 years. A nice, beautiful prep space all to myself, you know, so so I'm excited about that, you know, walking into that space and having, you know, brand new stove and brand new oven and, uh, you know, nice, shiny prep tables and stuff. Uh, of course, that's fun. We have a, you know, a new grill, something we have never had. So, you know, a, my poor grill guy is going to kill me. He's only, <laughs> it's only, we've only been open one day and he's had to cook everything. So, <laughs> uh, so there's that. But, uh, no, I mean, it's what I look, what I'm looking forward to is, you know, as always, I mean, and not just with snack bar, it is watching these young folks cook and, and, and show off what they can do. Because, I mean, I, I, people already know what I do, but it's not anything new and exciting anymore, right? I mean, it's like, okay, you're going to get, what you're going to get out of me, but it's the fun. The fun is, is, is watching the, the young folks and the ideas they're coming up with and, and the flavors and, and their interpretation of, of, you know, um, what our food is and should be. So that, that's the, that's where the excitement is. Mm -hmm. Last year when Emily and I came up and we got to eat at snack bar with you, the food was obviously just unbelievably good. But on top of that, I was so just in love with your cocktail menu are you involved in the creation of those, or do you have somebody who does that for you? Oh no, no, no. Derek, uh, Derek Baker, our, our uh, beverage manager, is involved in that. Of course, I'm involved in the tasting of them, right? And, and <laughs> I, 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 I taste and critique. I'm a very, I'm very good at that. Mm -hmm. In case you didn't know that about <laughs> me, so. Uh, uh, but no, I mean, I, you know, sometimes every occasionally I'll I'll have something somewhere uh, that I really enjoyed, or you know, I see an idea that I think would work for us, and I'll. Uh, you know, make notes or, or if there, if somebody's willing to share a recipe, then and I'll send it, you know, to Derek to look at and then, then he does his thing and, um, yeah. So for years, the Southern Foodways Alliance has been working to support and honor the diverse cultural legacy of Southern food. Uh, what has been the most rewarding part about your work with them? Uh, the, the biggest thing that came out of, you know, for, for me being involved with, with Southern Foodways Alliance and, and, of course, them being based in Oxford is, is friendships I've, I've uh, cultivated over the years with, you know, all these Southern chefs and, and, and food writers and journalists and, you know, uh, my, I mean, if I, if I was to scroll through my contacts, over half of them are, are folks that I've met through, um, the Southern Foodways Alliance in some way or another, some connection through Southern Foodways Alliance. Uh, the other part, of course, is is because of, of the Southern Foodways Alliance, you know, I, I realized that 
you know, I, I belong here, um, that my story is just as important as anybody else's, and that uh, my food is part of the, this food ways. Uh, that, you know, this, you know the, the, the epiphany that, that food is not stagnant and the food uh, of a place changes with, with the people who, who arrive. Uh, I think that that's largely, you know, and, and due to what I learned through SFA and, and the people um, that are part of the alliance. Mm-hmm. One last question for you. And this one is a special request from Emily. Uh, in your chicken chapter in I Am From Here, you mentioned that you have a fantasy football draft. Yes. Who is your first draft pick for the coming season? Wow, you know, uh, uh, th- that's a you know. I mean, it's either going to be you know uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, if if I have the number one pick. I mean, you know, it, it seems it seems like that's the that's going to have to be uh, the way we go. But uh, we shall see. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Fish, for talking with me today, and thank you for being such a wonderful friend and supporter of Friendly City Books. Oh, thank you. It, it means so much to us. All right. By the way, I'm not, I'm not done with this. You, you, you're going to cook me dinner. I'm coming, <laughs> I'm coming down to Columbus and you're going to cook. You will hate every single thing. Well, that's up to me, right? I, it's, I can make cocktails like nobody's business. Well, you know, so you, that's, you know, you start there and then after that doesn't really matter, does <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> maybe after like four of my cocktails, you won't even notice what you're eating. Right. So, but that's, that's, that's a challenge for you. I'm, I'm coming to Columbus. <laughs> Teresa and I are coming to Columbus and you're cooking for us, not I'm, your husband. I'm so sorry in advance. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> so, well, thank you very much. I really uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much. And you guys, are, you know, have a fantastic bookstore. I mean, we need more of those. So hopefully people listening to this will understand how special, you know, local independently owned bookstores are because that's, you know, I, I think that's a backbone of a community. So thank yeah. you. For, thank you for doing what you do. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. We are fighting the good fight. Yes. <laughs> so until next time, happy eating. Hi, friends. It's Emily. Thanks for listening. Support Friendly City Books and other independent bookstores like us by shopping online at bookshop.org and libro.fm. Find us on social media at Friendly City Books. And don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Happy reading!